Hey everybody, John Fenn here, Church Without Walls International, CWOWI.org. We are a house church network. We, we celebrate the gathering of the saints by meeting in homes, rotating homes uh, weekly when possible, and rotating who leads. That way everybody gets an opportunity to host who wants to and also to lead. And that way when we outgrow a home, because everyone's used to hosting and or at least a core group used to hosting and leading, they multiply out. And just the same way that they went from 120 on the day of Pentecost to saturating the Roman Empire in less than 300 years, that's how our network is is patterned. So cwowi.org, sign up for my weekly thoughts. And that's a weekly teaching that comes out on Fridays and on a variety of different subjects. And also in the weekly thoughts and the monthly newsletter, that's where we put information about our Zoom online meeting, our conferences, our travels and such. So anyway, visit us there, cwowi.org. Today, asking the question, are you in a rut? You know, I, I get emails all the time from people who uh, have a variety of things that they struggle with. Uh, forgiving self, uh, feeling guilty over the past, not sure of their salvation, uh, stuck in a rut, just feeling like, you know, they've gone on as far as they can in the Lord and, and they, they don't feel his presence. Uh, they haven't really witnessed anything dramatic in their lives. They can't tell if he's communicating to them. Uh, that's one of the big things. How do I, how does the Lord, how do I know what the Lord is saying to me? Or how do I, I get his direction? And a lot of times people are looking for a loudspeaker in the brain or something like that. And that's not the way he works. He's a spirit. So he talks to our spirit, but that's another subject today. The general topic of stuck in a rut. And a lot of people don't realize that there's a core reason they are stuck in that rut. And that core reason is their salvation and their walk with God centers around only the Lord Jesus. And that's it. And you say, well, isn't that everything? Isn't Jesus everything? No, not if you listen to the Gospels, not if you read the New Testament, read the book of Acts, read every prayer in the New Testament, Lead, uh, look at Jesus's uh, focus, especially towards the end of his ministry. It's all about the Father. And so a lot of Christians are in a rut because they, they have not uh, develop that relationship with their Heavenly Father. And, and to know the Heavenly Father and to know that love then takes care of self-image issues. It takes care of insecurity issues. It takes care of fear of man issues. It takes care of all kinds of things within a person because, because we are created to know the Father God. You say, what are you talking about? Well, for instance, in John chapter 17 and verse 3, in Jesus's, you know, closing prayer before he's arrested there in the garden, he says this in John 17, 3. He says, eternal life is this, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, your son, who you sent. And Jesus Christ, who you sent. And now, Father, I'm, I've, I'm going back to you, to the glory that I had with you before the world began, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. John 17, 3, this is eternal life, to know you, the only true and living God, and your son, whom you've sent. See, a lot of people know Jesus, but they don't know the Father. And the reason for that is is partly because of poor teaching, uh, because of every song, it seems, <laughs> in modern song is all focused on Jesus. And, uh, and, and also because of the fatherlessness of society. And so people transfer an abusive father to their heavenly father. They misunderstand or don't understand the Old Testament examples. And so they transfer that and there's a disconnect there. How could Jesus say in John 14, 9, that if you have seen me, you've seen the father? 
when in their thinking, they're thinking about, you know, the, the angry God of the Old Testament. And yet Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And there's a disconnect there. They don't know how to relate that. And the reason there's that disconnect is because they don't know the Father. Because to know him is to love him and to understand his goodness. Now, why? Now, now think about this, for instance. Every prayer in the New Testament is to the Father, not to Jesus. One, one cure of ineffective prayer is who are you praying to? Jesus said in John 16, 23, he said, talking about the time that he would leave them. And he said, in that day, you'll ask me nothing. Now think about that. Think about your own spiritual life. When Jesus said in John 16, 23, in that day, you'll ask me nothing. Just think about your prayer life. Who are you asking? And, and the reason for that is this. Jesus is the agent of salvation. He is the one the Father God used to reconcile the world to himself. But Jesus is not the all in all. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. In John 14, 6, when he said that, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me, it's understood that Jesus is the way. He is the mechanism. He is the person who brought about our salvation, and all glory and honor should be to him. Yes and amen. But he said, no one comes to the Father except through me, through that, through that avenue. And so the destination is actually the Father. Jesus is the way, but the Father is truly our destination. Now consider how Jesus told us to pray in, in the Lord's Supper. How does it start? Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Hmm, that should be a clue right there. He said this, how, pray in this way, in this pattern. The first thing is to the Father God and you lift him up and exalt him because he is God. Think about how they prayed in Acts chapter four, starting in verse 23, and then especially in verses 24 through 31. Peter and John had been brought before the authorities because the lame man had been healed. All the apostles were called in at one point to, to stand before the authorities. And it says when they were released in Acts 4.23, they went back to their own people, to their own brethren. And this is a little sidetrack right here. Let me ask you this. If you were released by the authorities, would you know who to go to? Would you know what group had been praying for you? The same thing with Peter in Acts chapter 12 on this little side jaunt here. You know, he's released from prison supernaturally in Acts chapter 12. And in Acts 12, 12, he knew whose house to go to. He knew to Mary's house, the mother of John Mark. And he went there in the middle of the night. And my question is to you, do you have a home group, a, a body of believers that you know you could go to? Well, anyway, going back to Acts chapter 4. Uh, in verse 23 and 24, and it says this, Oh God, you created all the heavens and the earth and the oceans and all the life and everything that in them is. And they goes on, he said, look at the threatenings that have happened against your servants. And then they close out in verses uh, 30 and 30, 29, 30, 31, and saying this, now stretch forth your hand to heal and to do signs and wonders by the name of your holy child, Jesus. So that we know in Acts chapter 4, verse 24 through 31, they're talking to the Father God. They're not talking to Jesus to say, do this or do that. They're asking the Father to stretch forth his hand to heal and to do signs and wonders by the name of your holy child, Jesus. So then we go on to 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 the important things. And, you know, uh, the important things in the New Testament, when when people have trouble with with self-image and thoughts of suicide and and unsure of their salvation and they can't forgive themselves and and they can't relate to the Father God. I go to the prayers of Ephesians and I go to the first few chapters of Ephesians and I tell people this. I said, go through Ephesians especially chapters one, two, and three. And I want you to go there and, and every time you see the word God, understand that he's talking the Father God. And he makes that clear in his opening statement. 
but you, what you do is you, you look at the Father's role and, and how he is actually the source of our salvation. For instance, Acts chapter 1 and verse 3 says that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Stop right there and think what that says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has already blessed us with all the spiritual blessings in, in Christ Jesus. So if you're feeling inadequate, if you're feeling in a rut, if you're feeling like you can't forgive yourself, if you can't feel like, if you feel like you're, you failed God or you're not good enough, you struggle with all sorts of things, stop and think about that and meditate on that. Spend a week thinking about what does it mean to be blessed with every spiritual blessings in the heavenlies by our heavenly father. That means I'm just as blessed as anybody else in the body of Christ. And I'm going to stop comparing my spiritual life with their spiritual life. I'm blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. Now you go on, you read, and I've posted it here for me to look at. And it says this, it says that the father God chose us predetermined for us to be adopted by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. This is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. So what does that mean that the Father God chose Jesus Christ as the adoption agency to adopt us to himself, and he did this because he wanted to? What does that mean to you that your Heavenly Father wanted you that he wants you in the family, that he caused Jesus to become the adoption agency through his sacrifice of the, of the cross. And then once that legality was taken care of, he caused you to be born into the family by giving you his spirit, that is the father's spirit that caused your spirit to be recreated in him so that you are now birthed into the family, so that you are legally adopted and birthed into the family. The adoption means he chose you the same way a parent chooses a child to adopt. He chose you, and the agency used was Jesus Christ and the sacrifice on the cross. You continue to read through in Ephesians chapter 1, and, and I, my time is getting away from me, and I don't want to spend the whole time, but I encourage you to do that. In chapter 2, he starts out and says, you were dead in your sins and trespasses, but God has made you alive in Christ Jesus. And then verses four, five, and six say even that, that God, even when you were dead in your trespasses and sins, has raised you up and made you sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Why? Verse seven says this in Ephesians 2, seven, so that in the ages to come, he, that is the father, can continue to show forth the riches of his kindness, which is towards us in Christ. That's an amazing thing. The Father has saved you so that in the ages to come, he can continue to show you how much he loves you. Let that sink into you and start talking to the Father conversationally. Start thanking him for, for the sunrise. As I'm recording this just a little bit before it's going to be posted here, the sun is just starting to, to, to come up over the first light over the, the remnants of the Ozarks uh, out my office window here. And, and there's just a little bit of light and it's beautiful. And so I, I just inside said, Father, what a beautiful sunrise. Thank you so much for that. You just talk conversationally with the Father. And then I go to Ephesians chapter, the, the prayers of Ephesians, Ephesians 1, verses 17 through 23, and also Ephesians chapter 3, verses 15 through 20. Ephesians 1, 17 says this, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, so that you can know the hope of the invitation that he has extended to you in Christ Jesus. That's an amazing thing. So I, I pray that for, my, for myself regularly. Father, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation by your spirit, 
so that I can know the hope and the depth of the invitation that you have extended to me through Christ Jesus. And he goes on to say at the end of Ephesians that that what he has made available to us is the same power he used when he raised Jesus from the dead. There's so much there. Ephesians chapter 3, the prayer there. And I pray this for people all the time. And I tell people, pray for your friends, pray for your neighbors, this prayer. What Paul prayed, he said, I pray that the Father God will strengthen you by his Spirit in your inner man so that you can know the full volume of the love of Christ. That's an amazing thing that the Father God will send his Spirit to strengthen us and, and empower us to know the full volume, the height, depth, length, breadth, width, the full volume of the love of Christ. You see, if you get to know your Heavenly Father and talk to Him conversationally, and you make your requests to the Father in the name of Jesus, in obedience to Jesus, in obedience to Peter and Paul and the way that they prayed, that they asked the Father, they didn't ask Jesus, and you talk to Him conversationally, just thanking Him for the good timing in your life, you start looking for the good things in your life. You start looking for how your steps are ordered in life. And give thanks for that. Just conversationally, you will find a whole new awareness of the Father's presence in you. He he is the source, so he deals with us in terms of where we are going, why are, why are we here, what our purpose, what our destiny is. And you'll come a, away uh, from that rut in your spiritual life and say, wow, I've got a renewed awareness of the presence of the Father God in my spirit. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for everything you did, but truly you are the way to the Father, and I am on my way to the Father. The Father is seen in all of the Revelation chapter 4. Read Revelation chapter 4 and see that that is the Father on the throne. Read Acts or Daniel chapter 7 where Daniel sees the Ancient of Days who's, who sat and, and then the Son of Man came to him and received a kingdom that has no end. The Father is seen throughout Scripture by men and women who, who've been in the Spirit. And and uh, you can see the Father when you're in the Spirit, not in the flesh. No man can see him and live. But in the Spirit, uh, people have been to heaven, et cetera, myself included, and, and you can see him in Scripture. Get to know your Heavenly Father. He loves you so much. He is the source of all good things. As James chapter 1, verse 13, and then also in verse 18 says, Let nobody say when he's tempted, tested, or tried that God is doing it to him, because he's not tested by evil, neither does he test anybody with evil. Every good, he said, do not err, in verse 16, do not err. My beloved brethren, every good gift and every perfect gift comes down, comes down from the Father of lights, and there is no shade of his, there's not even a hint of turning of his character or shadow in his presence. That's James chapter 1, verses 13 through 18. So get to know your Heavenly Father. He's good. All right, God bless. Visit our website, cwowi.org. Uh, sign up for my weekly thoughts. Uh, learn about house church there. And uh, anyway, God bless you. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Bye-bye.